This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Um, Klinsman gets US job. So He's out the picture now. So it's pretty much all on Aaron Vinter to make the decision. And he wanted me to come back. I didn't want to come back. So I stayed an extra couple of weeks because I was, I was mad and everything with, with how everything was unfolding. And then the coach was like, you know, Celtic organization, like, man, we can't have you train no more because technically we'd be causing all a bunch of problems and breaking rules. Um, so, you know, you can't train moving forward. So I stayed there about an extra week on my own dime because I didn't really want to come back to Toronto. Talking to my agent, seeing what he could have, see what he would do. But, you know, they wanted me back to come play, to basically trade me to New York. Wow. <laughs> because I, when I came back now, I said, all right, I'm back. Pay me my money then. Pay me my money then. All right? If you don't want me to go to Celtic and play, and Celtic played in the Champions League, played Barcelona that same year in the Champions League where I could have been playing, I said, pay me my damn money and stop talking no more. I'm done talking. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Crack Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to The Crack Podcast. I'm so glad to be back with my two co-hosts. Let's get a big round of applause, please, for Demarcus Beasley and Aguchi. You see how this man started doing the short and sweet intros now? He don't want to do his long-winded uh, a praise to Demarcus Beasley, number one U.S. soccer player. You miss it, don't you, Gooch? You miss number, it, don't you? Number seven on the field, number one in our hearts. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, hold on. I'm still checking text messages. Can we start? Can we do it over? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> no, we cannot start doing it over. Ladies and gentlemen, we're so glad to be back. So much things going on in the football world and life. Gooch runs out the the room. This is what we have to deal with uh, on the crack when we when we uh, broadcast. You know? Where the hell do you go? I have no idea. Demarcus don't have a microphone. <laughs> hey, why you put it out there like that? <laughs> Gooch I, I disappears. Did, I, he thinks he's a magician. I did tell the people I gonna have a mic by this by this week, but I, I lied. You promised the people. <laughs> but he got a he got a mic in his headphones. That's all good. I, hey, y'all can hear me though, so it's, it's straight. No, hey, listen, I, for real. Ne- next show, I'm getting I'm getting another mic for real. Listen, it's going to take an executive to tell you to get a mic for you to get a microphone because that's what happened with Gooch. <laughs> I told Gooch for six months get a microphone. Executive said it. Gooch ran to go get a microphone. I hey, tell you, man. Hey, hey, I did, hey, hey, I did it once. I did it once. I got a mic, but it's in Houston. But definitely, ladies and gentlemen. Man, hold on, hold on. Gooch, where you just go? You just disappear for like... Listen, dude, um, where, where the hell you go? The uh, show kind of conflicted with my baking time. I had to get something out the <laughs> oven real quick. <laughs> 
Wait, wait. What the hell you bet? I want to see the final product, man. Hey, I'm a man of many. I'm a man of many talents. First of all, it better not be uh, cookies. It's banana nut bread. First of all, wow. no damn, it ain't no damn. I'm gonna, I'm gonna send y'all some of this banana bread. It's amazing. <laughs> I bet it's some. I bet it's some baked chicken. I guarantee it's some chicken. Are you gonna play me like that? Come on. Man. <laughs> hey, hey, listen, man. Or some gotta, salmon or something. Some salmon. We got a trivia fact. Gucci and Yebu. What's his favorite thing to bake? <laughs> there we go. Banana bread. Banana bread. Uh listen, ladies and gentlemen, I, I'm just very happy, right? It's summertime, but also so much football is among us, man. How you guys been enjoying the Euros in the Copa America? Man, the Copa right now is the final that everyone anticipated, but the final that nobody thought was going to happen, right? Uh we all wanted to see Brazil, Argentina, and everybody's trying to say this is Messi's last chance to win a uh, a trophy with his national team. Honestly, I wanted to see Colombia win, to be fair. Um, why, why is that? I don't, underdogs. That's why. You know, I mean, obviously, Argentina and Brazil are the giants, but it's always good to see uh, an underdog go through, just like Denmark. Nobody would have ever thought that they'd get that far, but everyone was rooting for them, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's amazing, uh, the story of Denmark, and unfortunately, they had to uh, uh, go out in that type of style and very controversial. You know, I went through so many text messages and phone calls and even at the the, the viewing party we have a footballer uh, watching the, the the England versus Denmark game. People were arguing back and forth. Was it a penalty or not? What do you guys think? Penalty, dive, good call, bad call. We love VAR, hate VAR. <laughs> I mean, I didn't I didn't see it live, so I can't I can't uh, I can't really give a, a, a great uh, the opinion on it. I just saw the replay slow motion and in slow motion, it looked like a penalty because he, he stepped, he got, you know, he got contact on his, on his right. And then he got hip check. I saw on his left and got hip checked on his, uh, on his left. I think, yeah, on his left, left hip. So I don't, I don't see how that's not a penalty, that's a, but I didn't see it live. So maybe it looked like he dove, you know what I'm saying? I'm just going by the slow motion. Like if I was VAR, I would have gave a penalty. I won't say that there wasn't contact, but there's okay. contact throughout the game. I don't think there was sufficient oh, contact gosh. or force. <laughs> I'm going to always be I'm, on the I'm defender's glad, side. I'm glad, I'm glad you're not the damn Look, part. I'm going to always be on the defender's side. There, there wasn't, wasn't there wasn't sufficient enough evidence <laughs> to find this guy guilty. And this guy, this is bees watching golf instead of the Euros. He don't he ain't even seen the game. Yeah, we, we had a game last night. We had a game, so yeah. I, I was literally driving to Cincinnati, so I couldn't watch it. Live. All I'm saying is, like, if you watch the whole play, first of all, the defender got beat. Nobody was supporting him. He shouldn't have tried to reach in. But Sterling, yeah, like. Did he fall easy? Yeah, but that's his job. And when you're in the box, any striker, any attacker, and, and as a defender, you have to know that that's what they're searching for. So he was looking for it. He got it. They should have known that and been smarter. But for me, the controversy was to decide a, fi a semifinals on that call. It's 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 gut wrenching, um, especially for Denmark. So I think that's what everyone. If this was like in the first rounds, they'd have been like, yeah, whatever, VAR doing their job, whatever. But this was such an important game that it's almost like and the winning the winning penalty, you know. What I mean, yeah. um, but but listen, I, I credit Sterling for creating that chance. I mean, yeah, people forget about him dribbling past the first defender and causing him all type of confusion and problems. You know what I mean? And he went down like Demarcus Beasley does. 
I mean, what, what are you talking about? Does I don't even play no more. So, <laughs> what are you talking about? So I saw you, I saw you dive and pick up the other day, Demarcus. Don't lie. <laughs> but yo, but the question we is need these. to show some of Beez's old clips. What and was I that never, Mexico game where you like you were like fouled every ne- two seconds? And I didn't die. No, neither one of them. None of them died. I didn't die. But, but yo, listen. But yeah. no. But okay, I got a question for Gooch. Gooch. But did the defender give the referee a chance to blow the whistle? That's my question. Yes. I'll, I'll say you. okay. So there were two defenders in that play. The one that got beat reached in from the back, right? Yep. For me, that was the most offensive. The one that the hip check, he was just running with the ball. So there's no way for him to go if we're if Sterling is like trying to run in that direction. So unless he just pulls back and just gives him the whole field, like what is he supposed to do? Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. You get, but that's my that was my question. You, he gave the defender gave the referee a chance to call it. So my point yeah, is but that every, you're always going to have a chance to call when you're touch tight to the player. Like, well, like you just like you just said, this ain't basketball. And, yeah, but this ain't basketball. Yo, you just said it. Put your hands up and let no, no, no. But he him. didn't. He the contact wasn't with the hands. He was just running. I know it's with his hip. Yeah, it was with his hip. But he did. He he put his hip in a little bit, dog. It was in stride. <laughs> in stride. <laughs> you know, you don't do this and then just do a hip check and then keep going. <laughs> Nobody don't run like that. Oh man! At the end of the day, congratulations you know I, to I, England. I, I, well, I will say before you before you said I will say. Was he kind of going down already when the hip check came? Yes, I'll get. I will say so, that. I think I he was that. trying to get the penalty from the first defender. Yeah, yeah, that came right. behind yeah. him. Yeah, he yeah, was falling before he even yeah, came to I that agree. second defender. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, I agree but with that. they made history. First final in 55 years, something like that. Uh, they broke the curse. Yeah, they broke the curse. What's that? What's that? What's so, they saying? It's coming. It's coming home. Isn't that what they say? <laughs> it's coming up. <laughs> All of a sudden, and every that, English fan, it's coming home. It's coming home. Right. Like, Yo, they say that before every tournament. They've been a runaway child for years. <laughs> that bastard didn't want to come home. Well, Who do you yeah, think was me, the outstanding player for England? Sterling. I, he's, he's been I, the player of the tournament right now. Of the tournament? I mean, really? honestly, come. I, I, would I, say I don't know. In, I'm asking. I don't know. Yeah, I'm saying coming into this tournament, he had a lot of naysayers in terms of his performance with the national team, club team. Well, more uh, so because he, he wasn't really playing at City. Yeah, he, he didn't. Exactly. He that's that's what I'm saying. City. And yeah, yeah. he, I mean, honestly, he he quiet, quieted them. He, he was the deciding factor in a lot of their games, whether he scored goals, caused the fouls, the penalties, the assists. I mean, he was all, he's, he's been all over the field. Yeah, he, he, he has been influential. I'll, I'll agree with that. And then to, to have the season not go all well, his club season not go the way he wanted it to and a lot of fans like I, obviously i'm a man city fan so to not see him in, in the some of the biggest guys i know he started the final uh the champions league um but before that you know he was coming off the bench you know the last couple what do you months think, what do you think in terms of the coach to play him even though he knows he hasn't been playing that's, that's trust you know he trusts his player you trust that you know uh sterling can get the job done for him and he's proven that you know he's i think he's earned that right in an England shirt to what's that to, young to boy? That trash. What's the young boy at City that's playing ahead of Foden? Foden. Foden. He, he he wasn't playing Foden instead of it. You think that obviously it turned out to be the right decision, but like as a coach, like yeah, that's that, hard... those exactly. I mean, you you look at Foden in a year he had, you know, basically playing every big game in City, and you know, you see that momentum. Well, you as a player, you want that momentum going from the, from the from the club team to the national team. You want to, you know, obviously be able to start and be a you know, uh, important part of uh, the national team or in this, in this, uh, in this Euro. And, you know, he wasn't, he was in and out of the lineup. You know, I know he came on in the second half, but, uh, you know, so it's vice versa. You know, Sterling, 
didn't really play at City at, towards the end of the season, but he started with England. And then Phil, he was starting with City, but then didn't get a chance. You know, well, he got a chance, but he didn't play as much as he, I'm sure you liked it with uh, with England. So, but yeah, that, that's all the coach. You know, you gotta you gotta tip your hat to him and say he got it right. You got it right now, but he looks like a genius. What if? Yeah, he, got, he does. Got that wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you'd have you'd have Mookie saying a lot more right now, talking yeah. about kick him out. He's trash. Uh, all sorts of Mookie. Mookie's that uh that Twitter troll that like creates five different accounts just to talk about the English national team. But yeah, nah. but, but what do you think, guys? Think about Italy and they amazing run undefeated. Um, the job Mancini has done, and also you know as a whole the blend of the young and the elder statesmen on the team. Um, have you guys watched them and have you enjoyed their play and do they deserve to be in the finals right now? Do they deserve to be in the, I mean, do they, do they deserve to be in the finals? Of course. I, one, 100%. You know, I, I, I just being a fan of the game, I would have loved to see Belgium go through, but you can't, you, you can't go get away from Italy and how they play and how, you know, they just keep going. They, they haven't, they, they haven't really even played their best game this whole tournament, but they always find a way to win. And when you got, when you got Cellini and, and Benucci in the back and, you know, those, those, those defenders and that experience that you have to when it's, when the games get tough and the games getting, you know, a little bit edgy and, you know, the ball can bounce one way or this way. And then that's, and that's your, and that's the tournament. That's the game they always find a way to, you know, get that last little nick in or, you know, they're, they're just smart, very experienced players that every, you know, club nation needs. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure Italy's happy to have them, but yeah, they, they 100% fully deserve to be in the final. I think myself, obviously with my ties to Belgium, I wanted them to go through, I, I was calling them to win the whole tournament. Um, and obviously unfortunately they, they lost to Italy, but I will say Italy of today is not like any, Italian side we've ever seen we we've seen the Italian side be very defense minded and like get that one goal uh I think this Mancini's team this right now they mix the uh, the calmness and the stru- the defensive structure with the offensive prowess like they can score they defend they don't concede they're yeah. dangerous yeah, I mean, like for me, it's they're the they're the team to beat right now, and they they've they've been in incredible form in this tournament. So it, it should be an exciting final, you know. Um, it, it's Italy's to lose. I'll say that uh, just because you know nobody would have ever anticipated England uh, getting this far, especially the way that they opened the tournament. It couldn't even be Scotland, um, or was it was it Scotland? Or was it Ireland? Scotland? Ireland? Yeah, Scotland. 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 Yeah. Scotland. Um, so, you know, it should be exciting. It should be exciting. I'm, 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 I'm it's, it's, it's going to be war. It's going to be war. Should be. Gonna be should war. Be. Yeah. Are you talking about war? Wait to wait, wait till you, the day. So Argentina, Argentina. Listen, we got the finals. Everybody except for Gooch wanted. Right. <laughs> we finally got it. Argentina, Brazil, inside of Brazil. I need predictions right now. Oof. Man, I'm I'm gonna say I'm gonna say two nil Brazil. Ooh. I want I want I want Messi because I'm a Messi fan. I want Messi to win a championship for Argentina. I want him to win a final with Argentina. I would love to see that. You know, to get every all these naysayers about you know he'll never you know be that the goat or whatever until he wins something with his national team. 
I know he's at the youth level, but not the full team. So uh, I would love for Messi to to get that. But the way Brazil is playing, <laughs> I, I mean, I think they're one of the best teams in the world at the moment, including Euros, the way they're playing. And, you know, it's, it's frustrating for me because I love Neymar and I love how he plays. But when he's in this form and this in this mood, how he's been in, in, the, in the Copa, there's not many better players than him. I'm talking about Ronaldo, Messi, all of them. I mean, obviously – Messi now, not when he was 25 or 20, when he was younger, but just w- w- how Neymar is, is kind of taking over the role of a, of a leader and setting it by example with his play, with, you know, how he's playing, assisting the goals. But, you know, even, you know, some of his dirty work he's been doing, um, coming back and trying to help the te- team defend when they need to. You know, right now he's, he's playing some good football. I'm going to say Italy, uh, not Italy, uh, Argentina, one zero, and I'm just saying this. I I agree with you, bees, that Brazil's in stupid form. Neymar is doing his thing. I think he he's matured to the point that he knows he doesn't have to be a one man show, and he's kind of evolved to that, making it giving assists, not always trying to score the goal, et cetera, et cetera. Which has, in turn, been the the changing, I guess, the turning point for their team. But I would say right now, this the the story is written. Like this is. You know, this is for Messi, right? Like everyone said, this, this is his last chance. He, I remember when he retired from the national team and came back. And right now, I think that there's so much emphasis on him winning this and nothing else that I, I believe that, all, that his whole team is playing for him as well, right? Um, and so I, I'm going to go against you and say Argentina 1 0. Wow. And if I lose, I'll bake you a banana bread. I don't want that shit. I do not want that shit. But I mean, I'm just saying, like, if you if you go back to that goal that they scored, I think it was against I think it was against Peru when they won four 0 I think that's what it was. And it was the you know the, the ultimate team goal. I think they had about thirty some passes or something, some some crazy like that, some crazy stat like that. But yo, if you go back to that play, and I, I actually uh, rewinded it like five times. If you go back to that play. There was no, there was not one pass except for like when they combined it in the middle, Neymar and uh, I can't remember who was in the middle, um, that they did some kind of like flick. Everything was a five-yard pass, a simple two-touch, two-touch keep away. That's all it was. That's football for me. I lo- I, that, that, I, I, want, I wish I could show my players that and be like, look, this is not football is not always like that, but I'm saying like, just look at this goal and look at how – how sometimes football can be so simple and beautiful at the same time because they literally passed the ball around, moved the ball around. They made a one quick combination in the middle of the field, got it out wide, crossed it in, goal. And it was about 30-some passes. And it just it was beautiful to see. So I think the form that Brazil is in right now, I don't see them, um, you know, uh, having a problem. Well, not having a problem, but, you know, not getting past Argentina. Well, listen, the, the bookies and the – the odds have Brazil winning. And uh, for me personally, I think it's going to go to penalty kicks. I'm going 0-0, zero, zero, no goal <laughs> in 120 minutes. Yeah, you would say some shit like that. And I'm going with Argentina winning with the former Arsenal goalkeeper, Martinez, being the hero again. And Messi getting crowned and going out like, like, like the champ in the, in the, in the, in the, Yo, the respect can, that he deserves. Can mention how Di Maria came on the field in this game and was just dicing people? Hey, can That's we talk about say. can we talk about the drop? Can we talk about the drop kick that Jesus put on, <laughs> put on, dude? 
Was that not legal? <laughs> Yo, I, hey, straight up. I was at the uh, the it's a hockey game. Uh, Fort Wayne, our Fort Wayne Comets won won the final. Congratulations! Um, but I was at the hockey game, and I'm you know checking the scores, seeing the game you know uh, with Brazil, and everything was about Jesus. Jesus is on Twitter. Jesus, I'm like, what? I'm like, did he score you know a, a worldly goal or what happened? And I look, <laughs> I look at the video, and not even close. This dude drop kick dude from. <laughs> And I feel bad. I know. I know that hurt. I know that hurt. But, but, but ladies and gentlemen, hurt. make sure you get your bets in on Bet Online, our sponsor for the show today. Visit the website today, or use your mobile device to join and receive your fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. So before the next tip off, face off, Euros, Copa America, pit, um, head over to Bet Online and start playing today, um, guys. Let's uh, kind of. I want to. Get off the, the games a little bit and, uh, and switch topics. Uh, recently, a situation happened for the Olympics, which is coming up uh, actually the end of the month. But a track and field star for the United States, Mr. Shikari Richardson, um, who was a phenomenal and did amazing in the trials and then leading up to Olympics, has now been denied to participate in the Olympics because she was, uh, I guess, um, got detected of using marijuana. Um, before yes. I ask you guys about it, I just want to um, get into our Say what? segment. And, um, you know, again, she owned up to it. So I respect. How old is she? Um, 21? She's 21, 22. 20. Yeah. 21 years old, phenomenal athlete. Um, recently lost her mother, I believe, uh, a week or so before the Olympic qualifying and um, she owned up to it, but she was saying, listen, she used marijuana to help with her anxiety and, and dealing with her losing her biological mother. Uh, this is what she has to say. Yes. I know what I did. I know what I'm supposed to do. Um, no, no, I'm, I'm allowed not to do. And I still made that decision, but um, not making an excuse. I mean, how do you guys feel about marijuana and being detected in sports and do you feel it's right for the olympics and for the doping um agency to disqualify her for using marijuana i think it's within their jurisdiction um to do so especially as she just said i know what i was supposed to do i know what i wasn't supposed to do right so in essence you're saying I knew the repercussions and I did it anyway. Right. And obviously the circumstances, I think that's what everyone is dealing with is, you know, the circumstances she, she was having the loss of her biological mother. Um, other issues is, you know, is, is marijuana uh, performance enhancer? Um, a lot of people are saying no. Um, a lot of states and including the state that she had it was legal. Right. Um, so there's all these kind of different factors involved in, re in regards to how people feel about the situation and how they don't feel about the situation. Um, for me, they 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 handed out a, a, a ban, a fine or whatever. Um, I think it was a month. Ban. One, yeah, one month. And so the question was, you know, within that month ban, was she still going to be able to run in the Olympics? And the answer is like, she would 
even if she served that month ban, she'd be able to compete in the uh, the relay. Uh, the 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 what is it the uh, the, the four, four by, by ten relay four by yeah four by ten relay exactly. so they said the that Olympics. yeah that the, they decided to go a different route but my question to you is is it how do you feel about that in terms of marijuana which you said is legal she took in a legal state and it's not a it's not a, a sports that doesn't enhance her it doesn't make her obviously I don't know how the hell she runs the faster she is and still smokes but um do, do you feel like the doping agency is behind the times and that needs to change. But let me let me go away before you answer that, Gooch. Let me go a little bit back. You have, I think, for me and my kind of my opinion is that this reporter told her that her mother died, a complete stranger now, told her that her mother died right before she's about to run. How how do you think that? I mean, you gotta. I think you gotta put some kind of you know, the context. human part of it. Yeah, context and human part of, you know, what she did and why she did it. Yes, she and she admitted it. I know she admitted it. She said she did it wrong. You know, she'll come back stronger and she, she'll learn from her, her mistakes. But, I mean, how, how would you react to a complete stranger telling you that your mother died? You just ran in a race. You got to the Olympics and right before, right, but right before that, a complete, stranger, a complete stranger told you that your mother died. Well, what are you supposed to do? I guess that, want to, and, and I guess want her to drink, drink alcohol. I, if that was her, if that was her way of of you know releasing some kind of the, the anger and confusion of, for one, a stranger telling her that her you know her mother passed away, and and two the the death of her mother. How do you how are you supposed to react? You can't tell someone that they can't react this way or react that way when something tragic happens. So I'm leaning more toward the. The human side. Yes, I know what Goose said about the rules, and I, a lot of people have have said that. I think Dominique Dawes came out, and you know she was in favor of the Olympic Committee because you know rules are rules. But I just look at the other part, the other the human aspect of it, and and I and I think that that's 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 my opinion. I, well, I think if they're going to do so, they have to be consistent across the board because there's other athletes that have tested positive for like steroids. The swimmer, yeah, but that, that but that but that's a but that's whole- a that's a performance enhancing drug. Weed is not. No, no, no. My point is, oh, okay, sorry. With, with those steroid cases, they were kind of overturned. Yeah. <laughs> they said, okay. oh, I, I ate something I didn't know or whatever. And there's all these, oh, I had a burrito that had performance enhancing drugs in it. Yeah, okay. Like, I don't oh, know. Banana bread time. stuff. Yeah, I don't know the last time you were at uh, <laughs> Chick. <laughs> but, but, last but, time but, you were at Taco Bell and they're putting steroids in your enchilada. Goose, the I'm whole not- NBA smokes weed. How did the dream team and all those guys get get cleared to play the Olympics? Listen, I think. Look, 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 yeah, but now, about- but now, but yo, but now they changed the rule. They don't even test for marijuana no more right. in the NBA. Right, but no, it's not I'm even about, about the mixing Olympics, these though. rules. When with it, that. The NBA players play about the, the consistency of what they're doing. Like it's there's there's nothing consistent across the board. It's like they handpick when they want to serve or want to make an example out of something. Yes, right? and, and, then, and I think she was duped, Gooch. I think her being so young, some somebody is posted. One of her coaches posted, like, "Hey, listen, don't go in the locker room today." They drug yeah. test. And, and what do you think? And you said just like you said, what do you think the NBA play? They know they got somebody to tell. They them. got somebody to tell yeah. them. Listen, yeah. We're testing today. We're testing. Yeah, today. of course. Yeah. I mean, I, I, but okay. I, 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 to, go go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I was saying I feel sorry for her. I mean, it, it's terrible. I mean, I, I remember watching her run on an Instagram clip and I didn't, but this is before anyone knew her name. I was like, who the hell is this? Like running like I've never seen run. And I thought it was just like a prank kind of clip, but like this girl was floating. Um, and hey. so 
not to have her compete at the highest level for her discipline is 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 unfortunate but i mean all, all we can kind of pray is that like in four years like she just tears it up and just makes a mockery out of and all a, the competition and, and, and another thing i i i, I read and I, and I liked is that nike is sticking by her right nike's gonna stick by her they said they support her you know they see that you know obviously she made a mistake and you know she's human she made a mistake she owned it but they're gonna stick with her and um you know that's i think that's powerful i think that's something to be you know shouted out that you know a, a big brand that you know their whole image and value of, of athletes and who, who, what they support you know could be in question but since they you know they they're sticking with her i think that's i think that's pretty amazing that they are definitely cool. but, Nike. but but to go back to your question Luke, um and oh thank I, you Bees. You know, finally sorry yeah my bad my bad <laughs> but yeah i, I kind of i, I want to hear gucci's you know his opinion on this too so do you think really quick do you think that the olympic committee should change the marijuana policy yes tomorrow okay. Okay, I, I believe go. so. They should. Yeah. This, 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 this situation, this instant needs to be a wake up call where they have to amend this because yeah. something like this can't be happening. It doesn't make right. sense. It doesn't right. make sense. Uh, but ladies and gentlemen, talk about elite, talk about somebody who's phenomenal. Um, I'm excited to bring in our guests for today. This gentleman has played over 18 years as a professional. He's won four MLS Cups, MVPs. He won the Gold Cup with Canada. I'm talking about Scarborough's own and finest. Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to give it up for Dwayne. Big moment, DeRosario. Why well, got you? I'm good, I'm good, man. Long time I'm going to call you, but I like it, same way. <laughs> What's going on, I'm dude? good, man. Thank you guys for having me on the, on, on, on the podcast, man. I appreciate you guys. Uh, big time for us, man. Big time for us. How you been, man? Looking, looking young, looking like bees. <laughs> I'm trying, man. Trying to take care of myself. You know, you know, it's hard when you retire. You get, you get, you get fat deposits and lazy. You get, you, get, you get lazy. You get lazy. Yeah, you get lazy. What's that? Yeah. <laughs> you get, get lazy. lazy real quick. Easy. Good. Definitely, man. But, 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 D, I, I just want to first start off with um, congratulating you on finishing the book, My Life, which, ladies and gentlemen, you need to go out and go cop. Uh, amazing book. I actually finished it. I ran through my chapters and uh, it was definitely something enjoyable, inspirational. Um, oh, shit. oh shit. Goose went to go check his banana bread. Yeah, yeah, yeah my bad. <laughs> D- <laughs> we, we got a gift for you. We're sending you on a Gucci's banana bread he's baking right now. Oh, yeah? You don't want none of that shit. You don't want that. <laughs> 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 no, yo, big up. Yo, big up on your book, man. Uh, I'm still waiting on my copy. Uh, so I'm going to send you my address as soon as uh, we get off this uh, the show. Send Bees the audio file because you don't read. <laughs> <laughs> hey, matter of fact, Bees. Thank God for sports, bro. Hey, Bees, go to Amazon and you pick it up, man. Stop asking for freebies. Nah, man. I'm just, I'm just bullshit. I'm going, I'm going to go cop it. I am. I, I, I waited online and got mine and I got an autograph. I waited online, man. I, yep. I appreciate you, Mook. At least I know one of you guys supporting. <laughs> oh, I knew that was coming. I knew that was coming. <laughs> yeah, so, no, I'm going I'm to go get it. I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it. Yo, D, so, so you're on your, your tour. Yeah. Right? Um, what does that feel like, man? I mean, uh, when, when did you start the book as well? Where are you, you at now? Where are you at now? I'm in New York. New York. Okay. Yeah, so we closed off. A lot. My last event is on Sunday uh, at, at the Pelé store in Times Square. 
So, you know, shout out to the Pele crew at, Pine, uh, at uh, Times Square for setting up, um, you know, the closing of the U.S. Um, tour. But I'm, I'm t- I'll tell you, man, it's been, it's been a, a great journey from 2016. I started to, to write, write my story. And um, I can't lie, I got about one and uh, one and a half pages. And I, and I totally got writer's block, didn't know where to go, turn to from there. I kind of stepped away from it and a, and a, and a sports broadcaster, well-known sports broadcaster in Canada, uh, Brendan Dunlop approached me and he's like, dear old man, I've been a, you know, he's been a supporter of my career, my journey. And he said, yo, I would love to, to, to write a little bit about your career, write a little bit about your experiences and journey. And it kind of snowballed into, man, let's, let's, we should do a book. Mm. And I'm like, well, and that's what we did. We met for hours and hours and, you know, he recorded and I, and I talked about, you know, certain experiences and had to leave certain conversations to regroup and, 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 and go over them. So it took, you know, from 2016 to, you know, we had completed last year. So, um, you know, Did the it, pandemic it took, help you complete it. Cause you had the time to kind of, um, yeah, yes, yeah, yes. And no, um, the blessing about it of the pandemic was that it allowed me to finish the book because my father passed away last year. Rest and, in peace, Tony, man. Thank you, man. And and um, it allowed me to finish it because it would have been finished before that. But because of so many, you know, holdups and backups and print and all that stuff, and people kind of didn't know where the world was going to in that direction, it kind of allowed me to finish off with with, with that piece because we didn't know, you know, uh, of course, knowing the father that I had, I thought you know, he'd beat it and, and make it. But, you know, the heavens had another plan for him. So, um, so we're here, you know, I've, I've started the, the, the U S tour. Uh, we started in, in New York. Uh, we finished in today in New York, but, uh, we went from beginning of May, we went from New York to DC, to Florida, to San Jose, to LA, to Houston. And now, now back and, and man, the love and appreciation that people showed, especially like in San Jose, uh, uh, and Houston, a place I haven't been in many, many years. You know, to still see that love and support was uh, was truly a, a blessing. Listen, before we get started, I just want to give again a shout out to your father, Tony, because myself living in New York and Caribbean background, um, I used to hear a lot of about your father in Toronto. You know, the to- the teams and tournaments he started, and how influential he was in uh, in Scarborough and I think Malvern as well, and and coaching so many kids who didn't really have it like everybody else. Man, tell us a little bit about pops, man, and and how important he was, not just to you, but into the community yeah. that you grew up in. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's a deep conversation, but you know, I'll try my best. Um, you know, Pops was a true, is a true genius, man. He's a legend. You know, he's my, my biggest mentor. He's, he's, a, he's one of the guys that went into inner city kids and, and took like the, the bad man and the drug man and, and, you know, or, or the, or the athlete, just a raw athlete and say, you know what, I'm going to turn you into a footballer. And he did. And he, and he, and, and created Malvern Magic, which is the infamous team that, you know, um, we're, we're very fortunate. We're the first Canadian team to win a major U.S. tournament. You know, yeah, um, you're, we're U.S. indoor national champions being Canadian. Um, all black kids on the team, you know, well, predominantly. I can't say all predominantly, but, you know, he, he just he just knew how to 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 get the best out of a player. You know, he knew how to motivate. He knew how to inspire, but he also knew how to kick you in your ass when you need it. <laughs> you know, he also was a very big disciplinary. He was a no-nonsense coach. 
but he had a lot of respect because of, of the pedigree and what he was able to manifest. He took kids that had no self-belief, um, that didn't never kick the ball all of a sudden, you know, playing for the national team or playing at the youth national international level or get called up to, for a provincial program or just creating a, a hope in themselves outside of street life. So, um, yeah, he's a huge mentor for not only myself, but so, so many kids. Um, I remember, you know, when he was passing and, you know, we kept it under wraps, but when he passed, a lot of people reached out to me and just expressed how influential he was. And, you know, I remember going to Toronto many times during my off seasons and people would be like, yo, yo, Dio, man, yo, Tony's your, your dad. Like, yeah. He goes like, yo, man, tell him what's up for me. I was like, yeah. forget about you, man. Tell you, yeah, 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 yeah. you know, tell him, yo, he helped, my, he helped my life. He changed me around. And I've had this conversation with so much people, you know? Um, and you know, just, just having that kind of, you know, backbone was, was definitely a blessing. I, 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 I look, that was one of the things that kind of sparked the whole D-Row United and, and, and getting involved 100%. on that youth level. Yeah. The, the, the d United and the foundation, mm-hmm. you know, because him and my dad, uh, my dad and my brother, uh, my older brother, Mark, they were really spearheading it while I was training, playing and doing, doing what I was doing. They were managing it while I was and allowed me to, to focus on, on my career and kind of build that foundation for me. So as I retired, I had something to, to fall back on. So but in terms of in terms of, of, of that vision of, of creating a, a foundation to give back to inner city kids like myself, the inspiration to create a platform through my through my academy where kids could take the game to the next level. That's 100 percent my father. The beautiful part for me is looking at four black gentlemen who had fathers that were so instrumental in our lives and our success. You know, you speak about uh, your father in the foundation and the D-Row United and the same thing with Bees, his father, his brother uh, with Demarcus Be- uh, Beasley International. What's the name of your damn program again? <laughs> yeah, <get it. laughs> you about, how are you going to try to hype me up? Because they know you're going to do you like, wait, what's the name of your damn shit? <laughs> oh, you can't make this up. You can't make this up. Wow. You know what? Just skip over that. Go ahead. <laughs> man, I'm, 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 I'm done with this. Flow, man. I'm done. Oh <laughs> uh, man, it, it can't big him up too much, D. But you have to keep him a certain, you know. <laughs> keep rounded. Definitely, definitely. But but D, I, I want to take it back to Richmond Kickers days, man. That's the first time I saw you play. You playing with my boys Quack and all those guys and mm-hmm. Etienne, all those guys and Greg Simmons, man. You were just a problem in the A League. Um, while I was reading your book, there's you was, it was so instrumental. I didn't realize how Frank Yallop obviously is a person who really gave you the opportunity in the MLS. And you guys were former or teammates and roommates at the Canadian national team. Do yeah. you think if Frank wasn't in the position he was, but taking that San Jose, that maybe you never would have made it to the MLS? No, I wouldn't say that. I would definitely be in the MLS because I was okay. just hungry. I was driven. You know, Frank just, because um, DC wanted me at the time. Right? Yeah. Because I was in that transition. Richmond Kickers had affiliation with, with DC United. Mm-hmm. So I was on preseason with Greg Simmons, with Adrian Saru, all of us. Um, South America, you, know, with, you guys went, right? Yeah, I went to San, um, San Salvador, in El Salvador. Yeah, El Salvador, Central America. Yeah. yeah. Um, so DC actually wanted me. Thomas Rodman was the coach and they wanted me. But Frank told me on the side, like, listen, I'm getting this coaching job at San Jose and I want you to come with me. So for me, that was a really no brainer. But I, I, I truly believe because how Frank managed my individuality and my, and my um, you know, he definitely helped 
to to he gave me a lot of room to express myself and to play. Where probably if I went with another coach, maybe DC with Moreno and all these guys, it probably would have been a difficult, a more challenging transition. But I was ruthless in my venture, man. I was gonna make it regardless if it was Frank. If it wasn't and the, Frank. the reason I say that because the A League has some great ballers like yourself, right? International yeah. among them who had a whole bunch of flair. But at that time, the MLS wasn't really um, didn't really respect that type of game. You know what I mean? Yeah. So well, well if you look at if you look at that team, Richmond Kickers, we had myself, we had a ninety low. Nami-Low-Low-Low-Low-Low-Low-Low-Low-Low-Low-Low-Low-Low-Low-Low-Low-Low-Low-Low-Low-Low-Low-Low-Low-Low-Low-Low-Low-Low-Low-Low-Low-
There's another one. And, you know, and sometimes it was frustrating for Frank because sometimes we were winning and he just wanted me to keep the ball. And I'm like, no, nah, man, keeping the ball ain't going to keep me on this team or, right. keep, or, or, or for me fighting for a position, scoring goals is. Yeah. So we always laughed about it in behind closed doors. And he's like, Tiro, man, you're making my life very difficult right now. <laughs> but I don't think I would have that relationship with another coach if it wasn't Frank is what, I, was what I'm saying. Mm. Makes sense. Goodness gracious. I, I, did you ever, you say, you know, you had to play that super sub because of Landon. Was there any kind of headbutting with you and Landon? Because you, you you guys were both performing, right? So it's like, yeah, who, you, who you wants know, to be king of the castle? For sure. And that only got us better. I think I helped him become better, and he definitely helped me become better. Because don't forget, we also had Ronald Cerritos there, right? Ah, Cerritos, you know? yeah. And Cerritos is a good, is a, is a, is for me, is, is a world-class goal scorer too, man. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so we've had, we've had players coming in. Ching was there. Um, actually, he was there a little later, but you know, we've always had tough, tough um, guys waiting in the wings that are pushing up. But regarding myself and Landon, I knew what it was. I wasn't, I wasn't, it wasn't, a, it wasn't hidden. And, and I give respect where respect's due. He's, he, he, Landon's a great player, you know. So to have, to come off the bench or for him to come off the bench for me, wasn't, it wasn't an ego thing because we had a good relationship on the field. It was very competitive. I, I never once looked, oh, why is he playing or why is he? I never looked at it like that. I, I was only looking at myself and, and, and taking my opportunity because I always believed. Even if he was that young? Because how old yeah. was Landon at that time? He was had to be like 18 years old, no? 17 years old. He was a little older. He was a little 19, older. probably 19, 19, because I was like 19. 21, so he's about 19, 19, yeah, 21, yeah, 22. You ain't, so. you ain't looking at him like, look at this little boy. Yeah. I like that accent. Uh <laughs> yeah there, there was times that you, you can't help but have those feelings but as soon as i had those feelings i had to push them away because i knew those those weren't going to help me you know because I, i'm a firm believer if you think negative on someone when you go on the field and you get your chance it's not going to work out for you so mm-hmm. i always try to keep it positive and just keep it moving man because i knew what i wanted for myself and i knew like like going back to move where you were saying with frank I wasn't gonna let Landon, Frank. I wasn't let nobody stop me because I was where I wanted to be, in a in a position where I could show my talent and ability in the MLS and 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 potentially internationally. Yeah, I don't. I don't think people. Well, I know people do. I know we we all do. But I don't think some people understand what you just said. You know, you knew that you were you know behind Landon. You know, he was kind of the. They were trying to make him the poster boy, and he was obviously you said he's a good. He's a great player, and so but so are you. But what I got out of what you just said is that you didn't focus on that. You focus on yourself. And a lot of players are always – how many times we've all talked to players, oh, well that, that player thought he was better than me. I'm better than him. And, you know, they worry about what everybody else do. They worry about somebody else's, somebody else's, uh, somebody else's food. Like, right. worry about yourself. Worry about what you can do and what you can affect. If that's in the game, like you said, you came in on my job. If I'm going to provide for my family, put money in my pocket, and be the best that I can – I'm going to score goals. That's right. what I'm going to do. I'm not going to worry about if Frank is going to put Landon or, or Ronald or whoever, or they're playing more minutes than me, or, you know, they doing this, you know, and now I'm not doing that. I'm not worried about that. I'm worried right. about myself. I'm trying to make myself better. I know what I need to do myself to get the best out of the Rosario. Man, right. that's, that's, that's huge. I mean, you, I know you just kind of whiz by it, but yo, that's huge. Yo. I mean, so many players always want to point the fingers and say, Oh, well, he, the coach didn't do this. Or he didn't put me in because 
uh, he thinks he's better than me or I think I'm better than him. No, worry about yourself. Worry about what you can affect. I mean, at the end of the day, that it's the winner's mentality. Yeah, right? you, you, you know what I'm saying? That's, how, nobody, that's why yeah. nobody conditions your, your outcome except for you, right? Like you, see, you, you can't let a coach change your stars. You can't let your teammates dictate what happens. And I mean, bees. Look, I mean, you you you're one of the greatest national team players that ever played, right? And I, and I doubt you were ever looking at your competition because at the end of the day, you were probably saying to yourself, "I'm their competition," right? It's well, the other way. It's the other Bruce, way around. Bruce, I, I, I always I even tell my kids that I go if you keep looking at your competition, guess where you're gonna be in the stands mm-hmm. watching them paying for a ticket. So stop watching. Yeah, you can observe your competition, but if you're watching, the only thing that troubled me with Landon was when. I looked at the end and I looked at the game sheet and I saw landing a goal, landing two goals, and I didn't see my name beside it. <laughs> That's the only thing that troubled me. Right. Like, right. okay, next game, I got to get my name you on got, that. Because exactly. I right. want them to keep mentioning my name and, and, that, and that's what it is. Yeah, that's huge, man. That's it's not it's not you point fingers. Oh, well, the coach didn't put me in. That's why I didn't score a goal. Nah. When you get your – you worry about yourself. Like, make, make your moment. When you get your moment, make it happen. You get your opportunity – you know, go for it. I think that's, I think that's huge, man. That's, Nero, that's, yeah, I got a quick big. question. This might be sure. off topic a little bit. Did you ever, did you ever wish you played for the U.S. team instead of Canada? In terms of, in terms of like the potential outcomes of where you could have, what could have happened, what could have been, because you were saying like Canada wasn't getting that shine. The players weren't getting, mar- they weren't marketable, et cetera. You know, do you, that's, you why, ever he say, like, that's why he married an American. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'll tell you what, though. I remember after a gold cup, um, we were taking the same flight one time, and it was US and Canada on the same plane in the gold cup. And Bruce um, pulled me aside and he's like, Yo, man, I would have loved for you to be on our side. So that in itself was a, a lot of respect. But one thing I have to say about the US, which, which, I, I have to agree to some respect in terms of I got to be careful how I tread this line here. Right? But no, it's the crack. Gotta, we don't tread a damn line. Say, hey, hey, no, you don't got to be. You don't got to <laughs> tread nothing, man. Tread. No, in the sense of how I say what I want to say. But I'm just going to say, you know, the way the U.S. treat your players from outside looking in and how they take care of you guys. And, you know, it's just miles ahead of where we were at at that time miles ahead so when i'm looking at that and i'm saying man these guys got another friendly man these guys are playing in this man these guys got another game coming up it's hard not to to look at that and say shoot you know what if but i just looked at that and again started to put pressure on canada you know and started to say guys we need to step up like we need we need a we need a, um a nutritionist man we need a, a, a um you know a, the a little things that a, tr- a training facility, which up to date we don't still don't have. You know, we need a we need all these things that you guys are doing to help propel the sport in the right direction. That right. I guess I don't know if we value or credit it worthy, but I always say, like, if we want to do start doing things the right way, we have to look no further than our than our than our neighbors, and that's the U.S. Right? right? You guys have been able to take. Um, the World Cup experience in 90, was it 94, 92? 94. 94. 94. Two years later, you guys build a pro league. You know, we went to the World Cup in 86 and we and and we had a pro league and that just died after that. That's just, I, I don't understand how that happens. And that's the NPSL or NASL or whatever it is, the Blizzards and mm-hmm. the New York um, teams were in it. You know, it was a big league at the time. Pelé, George Best, all these players were playing the league. 
How does that, how does that league die after so much momentum has been made? Now you got a question, where's the money going? Right. Mm. So when I look, mm. when I look at the U S and I see, you know, constant progression happening, stadiums being built, you know, a lot of focus and energy, hence why 2026 is coming back to, to North America, you know, and thankfully Canada is a part of it now. It's just time that we need to start putting the same but amount. Of why is that always an issue for a first rate country like Canada that they don't invest? Yeah, we're in first football. rate in terms of everything else. We're third world still when it comes to football. But why? Yeah, I mean Montreal just just uh, opted out. By the way, opted yeah. out of Montreal, the World Cup, World Cup bid. <laughs> Vancouver did. They're like no, thank you. Oh, was yeah, it Vancouver? Yeah, good. We don't want it. We don't want it. Opted out. And Montreal is on. Quebec is about is, is on the verge of possibly opting out. Now again, three major cities. Right. Why? Well, but, tell us, you, you got the inside scoop, man. You got your ears on the wall. Tell us why these cities that could legitimately support these events, why why are they saying, nah, we're good? We're good. Ooh, I, I got my ears on the wall, but I'm just not listening to the right feedback going on in the next side because mm. that's on. The, they're like they're like a couple doors and levels down from me. So they don't let me in on any conversation. So mm. I could only base everything on, off of what I kind of I'm seeing. Right. Mm. Um, but. I don't know why Vancouver would pull out of, of an opportunity like the World Cup. Um, you guys have been very blessed, of course, to play with it. You know the spectacle. You know the value and the money it brings to a city. So to not have that and, and showcase your city and showcase all the amazing things that you have to offer within your city to, to, to potential consumers and potential you know, visitors and, 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 and people that might travel to your city after that, I don't know. It That's brilliant right there. But, but, but gentlemen, let's get back to the glory days of Canada, right? 2000, how the hell DeMarcus Beasley and Gucci, how do you guys allow, I don't know if you guys even play, how do you like Canada to win the gold cup in 2000? Yeah, I wasn't. First of all, we weren't even there. Yeah, there. <laughs> <laughs> my, my, now you dating me, now you dating me. Because I won, so I don't know what y'all talking about. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't remember losing a gold cup. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, we did. Once, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 we ain't gonna talk about that one. Uh, I, I want to talk about that team, that in, glory. Uh, cause, um, you know, again, Dero. I mean, you guys came in blazing. Uh, you beat teams like Colombia, Mexico, um, Dwight me, York, me, and TNT, Trinidad. Let, let me tell you why we won that Gold Cup, in my humble opinion, is that before leading into the, into, into the, into the Gold Cup, we had a big dispute in terms of financial dispute, in terms of what the players should be compensated. And it was the real. It was the first time. I, I, although I was a, I was a young, up and coming, uh, you know, national team prospect. Um, I, I was able to see a lot because I was with the national team. A lot of people don't know since ninety five, ninety six. Mm-hmm. Um, I was 15, 16 years old when I first started with the national team. Um, but back then, those games weren't sanctioned games we were playing in. However, we we never stood together as a unit to fight for anything. And that was the first time we collectively said enough's enough as players. The president had to fly down and talk to us and say, guys, this is a big tournament. We can't pull out now. And we're like, well, this is what we want and we ain't budging. And then the organization, you know, the, the, you know, the Canadian soccer association said, okay, you know, all right, fine. Then we got to do what we got to do. And they stepped up and they said, you know, okay, fine. But that team unity, I'm, I'm confident to this day, that team unity, helped us because we got past Japan. We were tied with points, goals for goals against everything across the board. And we had to flip a coin. Mm. Right. And that's how we got, we got out of our group stage. And then after that was just, 
you know, with everything building up and the momentum, it was just, I, we were just a team to, that couldn't be stopped. You know, I mean, we beat Mexico, we beat Trinidad, all those teams that you mentioned, and then beating, um, um, was it Colombia in the final? Was like, was Ecuador? Colombia? I think it was Colombia in the final. Col- uh, Colombia, Colombia. Yeah, it was like huge, huge, huge. huge. Definitely, man. So, you know, Diva, one of the biggest questions everybody have about your, uh, your great career, right? You MVP um, two times, won four MLS Cups, played over 18 years. They always say, how come you didn't play in Europe? But you did play in Europe. And you had, I'll let people read the book to see all the experiences you had on trial since 15 years old going over there. But um, do you ever had a time where you had an interest in a transfer uh, while you were tearing up the MLS? Let's yeah, put it in different sure. words. Let's put it in different words. Have the MLS blocked you from moving? <laughs> to- <laughs> Goose chill. Goose chill. Yeah, that too. That too. That, that too. I mean, Blackburn. Blackburn wanted me. And MLS, you know, asked for a substantial amount. I wish they were paying me somewhere close to that substantial amount. Right. But that wasn't the case. But um, they blocked me from going to Blackburn. Um, and that was a disappointing thing. And then, of course, Celtic wanted me. And um, it was more TFC that, that blocked me from going. Can we talk because, about? Can we talk about a little bit? It's raining outside. We got nowhere to go in New York. I want you to walk us through that whole. Yeah, Celtic. I, re- I remember the whole the whispers of Celtic, but I ne- it never came into fruition. So I was like, ah, oh, it was just a rumor. It was never real or whatever. But I want to know the real deal, man. man. You guys. <laughs> so, so, fake. so it was fake. As far as I'm concerned, it was fake. Yeah. So so we I was I met with the the GM at the time who was filling in because there was a big turnover at Toronto FC. Um, and it's in my book. I met with the GM and we had lunch talking about Celtic opportunity. So my, my agent at the time flew down to meet with, to meet with them and said, yes, we support him going to Celtic. You know, we think this would be a great opportunity for Dero to go. Okay, cool. So December 26th, I got on a plane and I went to Scotland to, to, to trial for, for, for Celtic. Um, I went there. I did my thing. I was confident. I was flying at the time. I felt good. And they wanted to sign me. Um, just just loan me to, to the end of the season, right? And then they were like, dear, at the end of the season, you go back to Toronto, finish out there. Or if you really do good, we'll, 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 we'll have the option to, to buy you. Now, at the time, the coach really liked me. And he's like, dude, we, we want to sign you. But right now, we just can't because whatever the case is at the time, we can only take you on loan with the option to buy. Um, Aaron Vinter was becoming the, the new coach for TFC. Um, uh, Klinsman was the, was, was, took over as, as GM. So when I was over there and, 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 you know, Celtic, Beasley played in Rangers. I mean, those fans are crazy. Like, I mean, every training, they're outside the gate, videotaping. So word gets around, hey, D-Rose in Celtic, what's going on? The fans start to buzz because I was their player. So what's going on here? Why is he over there? So my man that I met with the GM at the time jumped ship and said, I don't know nothing about this. I didn't give him a, I didn't give him approval. And my agent's like, dude, we have, we sat down, we have messages back and forth. So when MLS caught word of this, shit already hit the press saying that, oh, Dero is, you know, because rumors start spreading. Dero's over there with, with, you know, took a private plane, went over there and nobody knew about it. And that wasn't the case. So MLS kind of came in kind of to save you know, TFC's behind and say, listen, all right, well, Dero's over there. We knew he's over there. We give him permission to train. Well, TFC said, no, we don't want him 
over there. We want him back because the new coach, Aaron Venter, at the time said, I want him back. While this is all happening, um, Klinsman gets U.S. job. So he's out the picture now. So it's pretty much all on Aaron Venter to make the decision. And he wanted me to come back. I didn't want to come back. So I stayed an extra couple of weeks because I was, I was mad and everything with, with how everything was unfolding. And then the coach was like, you know, Celtic organization, like, man, we can't have you train no more because technically we'd be causing all a bunch of problems and breaking rules. Um, so, you know, you can't train moving forward. So I stayed there about an extra week on my own dime because I didn't really want to come back to Toronto, talking to my agent, seeing what he could have, see what he do. But, you know, they wanted me back to come play, to basically train me to New York. Wow. <laughs> I, I, because they, I, when I came back now, I said, all right, I'm back. Pay me my money then. Pay me my money then. All right. If you don't want me to go to Celtic and play, and Celtic played in the Champions League, played Barcelona that same year in the Champions League where I could have been playing. I said, pay me my damn money and stop talking no more. I'm done talking. And that's what I, that's all preseason. I was quiet. I was to myself, didn't speak to anybody. You know, of course, when I won the field, I did my business. I kept it professional. But off the field, I was just like, I, don't talk to me unless you have a contract in front of me. Mm. And I did that. I did that. And that's how I ended up in New York. Did you get your money? Uh, well, D.C. thankfully gave my money. I had to go to D.C. into another city to get that respect. So um, it was Came it back was full alert. circle. You were supposed to go to D.C. from the very jump. How things work, right? <laughs> how things work. How things work. And, um, and at the time, of course, you know, they're, they're telling me about they're doing me a favor to send me to New York because you guys are going to win it all. You guys are going to win the champ. You guys are going to win the championship. Wait, 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 wait. Toronto was saying, we're doing you a favor. This team yeah. is going to win the championship, so go there. Yeah. Have, and, and heard I, of, I, have you ever heard of that? <laughs> man, wow. man, I was so I, I was so pissed off. Um, I was like, I want to win the championship in my hometown. That's why I came here. I didn't come here to go somewhere else. But they pushed my back against the wall where I was just like, man, you guys ain't going to play me like that. My city, I respect you guys, but I got to go. And I went to New York. Of course, at the time when I went to New York, we, salary cap was an issue because New York was doing a little thing and thing, paying heavy appearances for myself <laughs> because I went there and now was a, well, was technically I was in the, in the DP realm, mm -hmm. right? So they had um, myself, Henri, Marquez, Timu, Lampier, we're all making top money. Y'all were, were breaking all sorts of rules. How <laughs> y'all all the same team? Who was the coach that time? <laughs> <laughs> Who's the coach? Hans Hans Bach. And then, and then and then they hey, called that, me. That, that sound like that. that, hey, that sound Bull. like the modern age inner Miami. Right, that Red Bull yeah. money boy. Good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I love I love doing appearances. I tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> That's the first time I didn't I didn't mind doing appearances. Hell yeah! Like, <laughs> keep them coming. <laughs> oh, so man. so yeah, they can put um, anything in contract nowadays. Shit. Yeah, man, it, it, it's hard for a brother in these streets, man. It's hard to just get something that you deserve and try to find a ways for them to hide in. But you know, from New York, it was it something had to give, and of course, it wasn't going to be Rafa, it wasn't going to be Terry, and I was I was the next guy and kind of chopping block. So I went to to DC, which is a rivalry again, which didn't make make too much sense to me, and. 
Yeah, you go to DC. It's gonna be good for you. You're gonna win the championship there. That's crazy. (laughs) They said every every club. I I knew that because what they were building was a young team. So um, I was, I was, to be honest, I was mad at the whole transition. I didn't want to go there because me and Henri start and Rafa were having a good relationship. We're starting to gel. You know, we just went off a good West Coast swing, and um, when we got back, that that and the way they had they they managed it, I think wasn't done properly even though there's no right or wrong way to manage it, i just thought they could have did a little bit more um you know hey, hey, D, one of the great things i liked about the book right um gooch you get a kick out of this one is uh you spoke about your, your time in houston right and all the success you had but you was like man um you know you go to restaurants you couldn't even pay for a meal you go to a, a sneaker store all the fans bum rush it you was there living like an nba player and one time you said you went out to a club and you're at the door and they said, oh, shoot, Houston Dynamo is here. And they set up a table, gave you guys free bottles. When I was in Houston, I had to go visit Bees. We couldn't get into a club because Bees had a hat on. <laughs> Gooch, I was- Levels, 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 levels. levels, levels. Yeah, but you got to remember when we, when we came there, I mean, we were the biggest thing, right? A new team coming to town, what's happening? And then, of course, from our first game, I think we scored five goals. Ching scored four, four assisted on, on four. But we were like the new, like we were starting to create, you know, a lot of waves. And then, of course, to win championship and then win back to back. They're like anything you guys want, man. Like, yeah, bees didn't win a championship there, yeah, so uh, they, we 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 didn't we didn't have, we didn't have that same success. Yeah, U.S. <laughs> Open Cup though. We, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, we did we did win the first uh, Open Cup. They were they were stopping their yeah, players from coming in the club. They're like, wait yeah. a minute, you play you play for the Dynamo? Nah, yeah. man. <laughs> Yo, go. Gooch, Gooch, we have money in our pocket. We was trying to play, go out hard. They trying said, to pay the bouncer. <laughs> oh, yeah. Trying to pay the bouncer to get in the club. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I said that's the Marcus Beasley. Come on, don't do this to me right now. Yeah, your Houston was a lot different from my Houston. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. But you know what? No, I was funny. there. Go ahead. No, I was saying, you know, it's funny. I was, I was there the other day, and, and uh, my publicist said the same thing because, um, you know, I was, I was walking through the, the concourse, and, and fans just, you know, started swarming me and, and started cheering my name. And, you know, security had to come. It's like, man, I've never, I've never been in a, in a situation <laughs> like that. I'm like, this is. 2021 imagine what it was in 2006 2007 mm. Mm. you know it was it was it was crazy but you know the the, the fan the fandom in, in houston was real um and you know and, and my my family was telling her yeah that's how we used to that's how it used to be every time we went out it would be like you know can you sign this can you sign that can you take a picture here can you take a picture there so um it's mad love in houston man. i love what they're doing to the stadium um, you know, I love, I love to what see. Are they, what are they doing to the stadium? Yeah. It was hot as hell when I went there. Yeah. Are they changing something to the stadium? Yo, I'm, I'm going to just let D-Rail talk about the good days. <laughs> we, we ain't gonna, hey, we what happened? Gonna, what happened uh, in between D-Rail's day right? and your day? It gave me, BZ's a fullback, man. You can only do so much. The Great Depression. Great Depression. Yo, don't talk about yeah. our club like that. Come on, hey, man. listen, uh, another person I want to talk about also somebody that you mentioned in your book that we all respect and admire. And um, he doesn't get this enough. Man, Mookie did a whole book report on this damn novel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm keeping it real with you. I ain't read a book he, in many years. He's the only one that supported on YouTube. But, you know, oh, I, shit, I, I keep <laughs> listen. But, but, but you spoke about Ricardo Clark. Talk a little bit about Rico and his Rico, game and how Rico. he was underrated as a player and how talented he was. 
Yeah, man, huge, 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 huge player and hugely underrated. Um, you know, again, uh, um, has his has his own way of do unique way of doing things. But when you asked him to do a job, I just knew every, it, he allowed me to be the attacking player I was. You know, because I didn't have to do much defending thanks to Rico. You know. <laughs> yeah, you see banana bread man. You yeah. see banana bread man. <laughs> Don't burn down the house, Gooch. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. He, he was he was he was a cleanup crew behind me. Yeah, man. He, the way he could read the game and the, the amount of um, space he can cover was um, was amazing. And the simple fact that, you know, Rico would win the ball and give it to you. You know, he didn't yeah. try to play outside of himself. Clean player, win it, give it to the playmakers and let them do their thing. And, you know, it, I think that art is kind of a little lost with, with a lot of teams right now is having that player that could just dismantle plays and boom, give it to the playmakers because a lot of six and eights now are trying to be playmakers too. And it's just, you know, that's the old saying too much chefs kind of spoil the broth. And I find like a lot of teams, you don't find a true six and true eight, the guys that just do the dirty work and just give it to the playmakers. You know, sometimes guys win the ball and then they try to make the play on top of it. And, and, you know, it doesn't always work. That's why you got, you know, playmakers out there. And Re Rico allowed me to be a uh, playmaker because the trust he had in me was equally the trust I had in him. And uh, definitely. Most definitely. Yeah, Rico, Rico was my, he was my roommate uh, before he left Houston. So we were roommates. Yeah, he's my roommate too. Don't ask yeah. him for what time you got to be somewhere. Oh, no, no. Don't ask no. him for what time it is. <laughs> Yo, Don't make sure, make sure what's you have going a... When's training? When's the game? <laughs> right. Make sure you have an extra, extra phone charger. Make sure you have an extra phone. Make sure you have extra, extra everything because he's gonna forget all the shit in in, in this room. No, <laughs> I remember it's one time, facts. yo, yo, real talk though. I remember one time, um, we were, I don't know where we were. It doesn't matter. And um, you know, you know, like Dero saying, he got his own routine, how he does things. I mean, he's he's the most professional player that one of the most professional professional players I ever played with. How he takes care of himself, how he eats. You know what he puts in his body. I mean, dude is he's on another level. I mean, it's it's phenomenal to see how this dude work and training. You got to I mean, build first, him up before he breaks him down. Seriously, no, 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 no. First one in, last one out. He's that That's type what of I dude. Do, like dude. really, anybody yeah. will say that about Rico. But I remember one time we had an away game, and uh, this is the day of a game in the morning, and he had never done it before. So you know, it's about you know six thirty in the morning, and I just hear, and I'm you know I'm sleep. You know what I'm saying? And I'm just here. I just keep hearing. Ah, ah, ah. Hey, yeah. And I'm like, and I'm like, what is this? What is this dude doing? So I, I kind of wake up and I look, and this dude is on the floor doing yoga at 6:30 in the morning, trying to get ready for a game. He's like, he's I'll like, I was not, I was not expecting that from the uh, sound effects. <laughs> no, but listen, he was like, he's like, yeah, what yoga goes da da da. This is a different type doing, of impression. No, he was doing these like no 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 real talk. He was doing like these like pelvic thrusts. I don't know what I don't know what it was. Oh, okay. But um and then but he's like he's like please man, I gotta get my body right. <laughs> my body right. I'm like, dog, it's 6:30 in the morning. Go to sleep. He's like, nah, nah, nah. I gotta do I gotta do this. I gotta do this. I'm like, all right, man, all right, man. All right, go ahead, do your thing. <laughs> Rico. But that was Rico. But you're right. Rico is Rico is a is a good professional. Um, he's not he's not a player you you look at and, and and give you that wow factor. But if if you if you knew um, a player's in their ability in terms of effectiveness and what they do effectively, he's definitely up there on my list. Any team I play with, I would I, I want him on my backbone. 
you know, because he's the guy that you can always count on. You the guy you can always trust. And he's consistent. Mm-hmm. He's consistent. He's barely mm-hmm. injured and he's always consistent. But you again, he's not flashy, he's not that player, but he would, if you take real, mark this guy out the game, he will mark him out the game. Yeah. I mean, the man, the man made a World Cup team. Started, played. Yeah, the man played at, in front. I mean, yeah. Frankfurt, I mean, I don't, yeah. Yeah, Germany is a great league for Rico. Yeah. Yeah, he went to Frankfurt. He get, I'm visiting him out there, but he didn't get his, his due like he could have, due injuries and stuff like that. But D, um, your publicist just texted me. I know you got to go soon, but before you leave, I want to talk about the parties you guys used to have in Toronto. Oh, man. You guys- <laughs> I want to talk about the Devo Entertainment. I want to talk about the Guzman Brothers. If it's right. anything like it, what happened in Houston. the offseason. I need to talk <laughs> a little bit about that, man. That's a whole next level. <laughs> <laughs> look, look, he can't even sit right here. He's, like, <laughs> he's, like, he's looking at his watch. He's right. like, oh, uh, yeah. oh, oh God, go. look, look at the time, boys. That's all <laughs> I got. You got to ask about parties. <laughs> Hey man, but but um, real quick before I I, I want to know this because a lot of people want to know this is what's next for Dero? Are you going to lead the charge for Canada? Do you want to get into coaching in the MLS? Do you want to get in the front office? Like what 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 is Dero getting into now outside of this uh, the book tour and everything? Yeah, well well besides my academy, my foundation, the book tour, I just I just launched a, a fund called Poppy. Professional athletes, private investment to help okay. athletes um, learn about financial literacy and how to invest their money wisely. You know, a lot of us, um, some of us make don't make so so good money. Some of us make great money, but it's just teaching teaching you know athletes how to invest wisely and, and to secure their their money post retirement, post career. Because a lot of us only look at the moment, look at all the money, and do all the good stuff. But when you retire, you're like, oh shit, what? I I don't got much. And, um, you know, when you look at when you look at the ratio right now for athletes in terms of bankruptcy and stuff like that after retirement within five years, it's 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 astronomical. The, mm. the, the percentage It's like 92 percent. Crazy like that. And um, so I'm just trying to do my part to help athletes. That's that's my next big venture. Um, my academy, we just partnered with Toronto FC. So we're now zero. Congratulations. Zero, thank you. That's, we're now zero TFC. Um, but in terms of coaching, definitely something I, I would take on in the future. Um, right now, I got a nine-year-old, so just want to, you know, spend time with them. As you know, as, as being a parent, it's it's a full-time job, and you know, I lived my whole career with with three of my kids during my career, and it's very difficult to manage. Um, so I want to make sure that I spend at least much time with this one in terms of their career path and their career journey, supporting them. Um, Are they all ballers, but- like pops? Yeah, well, my, my, my daughter is the oldest. She's 23. She's um, she's a, a beautician. She does, uh, you know, she's into the fashion world. My, my son, that's 19, going to be 20 and the 19. Um, he's in Spain, about to sign a sign a sign uh, over there, which, you know, just drop that over wait, here. Like that's wait, no big deal. My yeah, son's right? uh, he about to sign for Madrid. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he's in Spain. My other, my other son is goalkeeper with Toronto FC. He's 17. And then my nine-year-old is just a nine-year-old, um, just pushing all my buttons. <laughs> hey, which which one of y'all got the police outside y'all door? By the way, that's me. That's me. I, I, I don't oh, know. I gotta go, goodness. guys. I gotta go. I, gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> I, I knew it had to be one of y'all because it ain't. In, I'm in Indiana. It ain't in Fort Wayne. I know that. 
right, D, listen, I got to represent for Scarborough, though, right? So see if you can talk about the parties. If you have one DJ. Man, let it go. Let it go. have one let DJ. Hey, let it go. Leave, I, got, I got my family in Scarborough. If I don't ask this question, you're going to cuss me out. If you have one DJ to play your, 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 your last party, right? Is it DJ J, no, Dr. J, King Turbo, or my boy Lindo P? Oh my man, you can't do that to me, man. You can't you can't? I, I, I can't you pick, pick one. one of those, man. You trying to? You gotta, <laughs> you gotta pick one, man. What the hell are you trying to do? Trying to set me up? Trying, <laughs> trying to kill you, boy. Yeah, I know, right? Well, I mean, all those all those DJs is you know those are neighborhood DJs. You know, growing up, you know, in the, in, in the communities, they would be playing community parties and blockos. Um, so it's, it's it's hard to say, man. Like I mean, Lindo was was one of those guys that you know, played at our club parties in Malvern. Yeah. You know, Pioneer. Yeah, yeah. So he's very multi-talented. You know, King Turbo is obviously, you know, world champions, you know, from our community, from Malvern. Yeah. Um, play Malvern party. And of course, Dr. J is, is world-renowned Calypso Soka DJ yeah. that we grew up with playing when we go to Soka Fet. So <laughs> it, it's really, it can't pick one of the two, man. And not to mention my boy, Notorious DJ Carlos, who's, who's Shaq's, Shaq's DJ. Yeah. You know, so, you know, there's there's lots of talent in, in Toronto, lots of good DJs. And um, so the end of the story, you can't pick one. That's what I'm saying. Bottom line. Hey, hey, you hey, said, hey, wait, 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 hold up. You said all that shit that you didn't say one. You just, <laughs> he you said, this guy's great. This guy does block parties. This guy's awesome. I love him, too. This guy, shout out. We used to roll, you know, go to school together. You know, and that's about it. It's not our first rodeo, man. We know how to answer interviews, man. We keep through it already. Straight up, right? Hey, listen, though. We all can agree, though. We all have to pick up this book. All right, D-Roll, My Life. All right. Amazon is no excuse. Pick it up. It's a great read. So much, so many things that we haven't even breezed on that uh, that he touched in this book. So uh, um, all, all the fans out there, if you're a football fan, um, this man started from nothing and uh, he, he earned everything he got, man. So congratulations to you, my brother. And I salute. Thank you. Thank you, man. I appreciate you guys. I appreciate you coming on the show, man. Appreciate brother. You. Thank I, you, I gotta, man. I, until next time, I got to hang out with you in Houston because bees ain't the person. Yeah, yeah you got to hang on me in Houston. And you guys got to come to Toronto sometime. Yes. Yeah. yes Cabana. Yes. That's, yeah. Cabana is a good spot, but I'm going to take you to the hood parties. Word. Cabana. Wait, Gucci. Uh-oh. Gucci ain't going. Gucci ain't going. Gucci ain't going. I know. Gucci is all Cabana. That's Gucci. Gucci. You scared the shirt. What time is it? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's but it but it's clean hood parties. It's not like all right. like this, rough. Hey, this dude said, "Uh oh." <laughs> <laughs> oh, bro. Uh, respect oh, that's, you, that, that's like that's like when I was in Houston uh, the other day. Are we still live? Yeah, yeah. yeah Everything bro. is that's live. Like, yeah, that's how like oh, okay. I was like, Houston, Houston, we're going to change the party. <laughs> we had a clean party, and I, and I told one of the players, I ain't going to mention no names, but I went to him, yo, let's check out this party. He's like, yo, man, this, what's going on? It's one thirty. It's 2 o'clock. Everything's closed. I go, yo, man, relax yourself. Come with me. <laughs> we went to this outside block hole, and you should have seen people, cars pulled up, and they saw police like, yo, man, maybe this place shut down. Please just have the lights on, just keep going go in go in go in go in, go in. Go in. i'm like it's different here man different here two three hundred people outside partying until 10 a.m in the morning 
Damn, right. bees, you ain't getting none of that. Nah. Hey, hey, listen, D, again, man, salute to you. Thank you for all you've done. But also, man, we're excited to see what you're going to do next, you know? I appreciate you guys, man. Keep doing what you guys are doing. Right, and you brother, cheated bro. in your celebrity game, man. So, I ain't sorry. Take your licks and go, bro. <laughs> <laughs> all right, bless up. All right, guys. Cool. Legend. Goosh. You scared of the hood, Bob? Hey, man. Come on, man. Look, we talk about this and that. He's like, yeah, no, no, yo, no, no. But we're going to take you to yo, the hood. I said, yo, first, uh, yo, first response. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> yo, that's got to be my favorite part of any show we've ever had. <laughs> yo, yo, yo I, I got I to hear that on replay, dog. That shit was hilarious. I wasn't, expect, I wasn't expecting him to be like, let's like, go to the hood. <laughs> I wasn't. I, that wasn't what I was waiting. I, wasn't I can't waiting. stop laughing. Oh man, uh, Gucci, uh, you a funny man, dude. Unfiltered. <laughs> you you a funny dude. Uncut. Oh man. man, I love it. He was like, "Hold on, we still live." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yes, man. Another another good show. Uh, Gucci, please take us out. Hey, man. A lot of lot of serious topics. A lot of good stuff coming up this weekend with Euros, with Copa America. I think D-Row, you know, like like Mookie said, read his book. There's probably a lot of insight into it. I need to read it myself. I haven't got it, but I will. But uh, some of them stories are gems, man. I, I love hearing. I love getting guests on and then just letting their walls down and just being free and talking to us. You know what I mean? That's, that's the best reaction that we get. So D-Row is a legend, an MLS top 25 of all time. Easy. Uh, you know, he was oh, before four, his time. Four MLS Cups. Yeah, easily. Yeah. Yeah, the man he scored. Still, he still he still scored the greatest goal in MLS history. I think. History. Which one that, though? That, Which that one? Kick. Yeah. No, that free kick. Oh, the free kick. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He yeah, got a couple though. Bees. Roberto, no, Roberto, Roberto Carlos. Roberto Carlos free kick. Nah, that was yeah. dirty. That was dirty. Easily one of at least it's, it's top five. Yeah, yeah. History yeah. in the, the history. man got. I mean, do yourself a favor to my young gunners, man. Go to his highlights. The man scored against Chelsea. The man scored against Man United. The man scored against West Ham. Any all-star game where the Europeans came over, he banged on them. I feel you know? bad, man. He was before his time. That's the bottom line. Oh, man. He, before his time. All you guys missed out on a lot of money. You guys came out now. But listen, anyway, <laughs> it's been real. Um, again, uh, Beasley, what, what the fit, what the, our listeners, the crack crew, have to do? Hey, they got a sign. No, not sign. What they got to do? <laughs> He thought he had it too. I, like, I got this. I got this. No. Yo, they got to like, they got to subscribe, and they got uh, something else. I can't <laughs> Rate, show love, and then also um, be a good person, man. All right. Peace and love. See y'all next Peace. time. Peace. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working. The HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.